This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to a very special joint podcast. It's the Evan Roberts podcast. And tonight we are making love with the Mike Delivers podcast. Mike Biseglia, a man I've referred to mm. on the air numerous times because I don't know that many Nets fans. So when I want to cite my Nets fan friends, you know, it's really a list of three And this man is one of them. I'll give him a proper introduction, even if you're listening to his podcast, because then you're probably like, who the hell is this Evan guy? And maybe he'll give an introduction for me. But Mike Biseglia does an outstanding job producing the Zach Gelb show on the CBS Sports Network. Before that, he basically made Moose and the Taz famous. Let's be let's be perfectly honest. Taz and the Moose. Still getting that wrong. Years later. I think I did that on purpose. I hope so. But he's also a diehard Brooklyn Net fan the way I am. Mm. So Mike Biseglia and the Mike Delivers podcast. A podcast about what? Delivering food? Yeah. That's what it's about, yeah, right? Yeah, and people listening to this are like, why is this guy even saying that? How do they not know that? Yeah, it's about delivering food for Uber Eats, about doing food reviews with my wife. And uh, you don't know this, but my wife and I are in the middle of june taco bell madness where every week we are trying a different item from taco bell and giving our full food review on it because we are pretty much taco bell virgins (laughs) that's it i love your podcast (laughs) it's very deep no i really do i've listened before i just have a a crap memory Mm. and i think that idea of just trying taco food for a taco taco food taco bell for an entire month is making me want to download it's actually making me want to shut off this episode of our joint podcast and simply just go back and listen to uh past food reviews that's what you've caused me to do now mike very good and be careful what you say on this podcast evan i've been known to have gotcha questions dean blandino came on mike <laughs> delivers and next thing you know we're making national news about how on a fox 2016 thanksgiving broadcast somebody had the urge to reheat stuffing and it blew out the minnesota vikings replay system so be very careful what you say here on this podcast i can't you know you might be making national news tomorrow you might be on the cover of usa today i I remember when i heard initially that story about dean blandino the first thing that popped into my mind is how did the the interviewer get that kind of answer like where did it start And I know where it started now. It started on the Mike Delivers podcast. But I should explain, we're here today to distract. Obviously, this is a distressing time in our country Mm. right now uh, with the civil unrest, with the uh, virus that we've been dealing with for a couple of months. And so we have been given some good news over the last couple of days about the NBA restart, at least a plan for the NBA restart, which right now is starting to come into focus. As you may or may not know, 22 teams will be invited to this NBA restart beginning on July 31st. 
It will only include one extra Eastern Conference team. That would be the Washington Wizards and then a whole host of Western Conference teams. We like to call it the Zion Williamson Invitational. And what I was really intrigued by, because I think we knew as Net fans, look, we're in the playoffs. You know, whatever format they come up with, we as Brooklyn Net fans will be there. Either it's right to the playoffs or there's some kind of tournament that maybe we'll have to play in. Either way, we knew. Nick fans kind of also knew their season was going to end. Though there was maybe the idea of, hey, maybe they'll be invited. But, but Saglia, why would you invite such a lousy basketball team to such a great party? Yeah. You wouldn't do nah, it. No, there's no need to have them there. You know, unless unless the Nick fans really want seven, eight, I guess eight games to let's see if Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell Robinson can really shoot three-pointers or if that was just some stupid video where it was me guarding him. <laughs> like, we don't need to see that. They're... The next season is over. They can worry about the lottery. They can talk about Mitchell Robinson being the next best great center in New York, and we can move on from there. And as you can tell, if you are a Nick fan who's just kind of listening in because you saw in the description that we would be talking about a seven-foot basketball player that you thought was going to be on your team, if you are a Nick fan listening in, understand, of course, we're bitter against you. All right? Uh, you know, Despite how pathetic your franchise is, you know, part of being a Net fan is strongly disliking, from a sports sense, of sure. course, because it's all fun and games, the New York Knicks. That's really what it comes down to. But w- what jumped out at me, Mike, and I'm not sure if it jumped out at you, and it's weird calling you Mike because I usually just call you Biseglia, but you can say you know, Biseglia. your podcast. You can say Biseglia. That's fine. There's no rules here. I can? You, you can call me Biseglia. Okay. You can call me Leon's dad, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Leon is your cat, by yes. the way. Biseglia's dad, I don't know, Biseglia's dad, Leon's dad, Biseglia. Yes. I wanted there to be, and I wasn't thinking about this in terms of Kevin Durant. I was thinking about this in terms of fairness. And that is the idea that there needed to be regular season games. I like what the NHL is doing, but I think one of the big issues that the NHL has is they're going right into the playoffs. And I, I always thought with whatever plan they came up with, even if it was just the playoff teams going there and not, you know, potentially having play-in games or what have you, that there needed to be regular season games. I didn't think there'd be as many as eight, though. I, I got to be honest. I I really thought that number, the ones I at least proposed on the air just as a fan, mm-hmm. was more like three or four. So when I heard eight, I like it. I think it's, look, the whole thing's going to be completely different. Yeah. But I like the idea of the eight regular season games. I love the idea of the eight regular season games. And maybe I'm in the minority on this, but I loved all the little gimmick ideas that the NBA came up with. If it was a World Cup-style tournament, if they had what they've come up with now with the uh, teams in the Western Conference and the one additional team in the Eastern Conference, I think eight games is appropriate. The problem if you had three or four games is it's almost as... As if you're saying the regular season, the the additional regular season has no extra meaning to it. We're just getting a couple of games in here to do it, get the revenue, and get people to have a feel and sense of what it is like here in Orlando with the with the new NBA. I like the idea of eight giving the regular season some meaning, and kudos to the NBA for figuring that out. And I know there'll be people that complain and say, oh, this is not what we're used to. This is not the traditional sense. I mean, at this point, who cares? They're just going to be playing basketball. This is going to be a very different end to the season, something we have never seen before. And I think we need to all just embrace it and understand we're in some unprecedented times right now where the season was put on hold for a virus and a pandemic. Like, this is what it is. Let's embrace that we have sports. Get behind it. You might not love that it's eight games. You might not love that the NBA wants Zion Williamson there, but 
who really cares at this point? Let's just get some basketball and let's see what happens. And let's see how these guys react to it. I'm excited to see what happens on the court. And I expect a lot of chaos because there's no more home, no more home court. And I, I expect this to be pretty fun. All right, let's get down to brass tacks. Yeah. All right, let's just get down to the point of why we're here. And that is the potential return of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Mm. First, did you, and I know we talked about this back in October, but October is really about seven years ago when you think about everything that's happened in the world since. I, I forgot what we said, but I, I know that I certainly said to you, if Kevin Durant is healthy, you can let him play, but I'm not thinking about him this year. I'm kind of putting right. him out of my mind. And and I have to admit, it turned out to be very difficult to do because it seemed like there was always some kind of update about Kevin Durant. There was always some kind of video about Kevin Durant. And even though the net season did not go nearly as well as you and I certainly hoped it would, and Kyrie Irving ends up getting hurt, and there's certainly a thought, hey, this team could actually miss the playoffs. Oh my God, what a disaster. It turned out to be really difficult mm. to just ignore Kevin Durant by right before they shut this thing down. Were you still thinking about Kevin or once Kyrie went out, was it all right, he's not right. coming back and there's no reason for him to come back? Yeah, when Kyrie was shut down, the whole Kevin Durant idea dissipated as well. And I don't know if that's just thinking, why would Kevin want to join the roster without Kyrie Irving, knowing that he cannot win a championship, and then he's going to put his body on the line. So the second that Kyrie went down, my head moved to a different direction. Now, it's, it's like difficult to think what I was even thinking at the time, but I'll, I'll point back to that Laker game, which was the last Nets game that we saw where the Nets defeated the Lakers in L.A. At that point, I was like, you know what? Let's just build some chemistry. Let's get this team moving in the right direction. Let's try to make sure we're not the eight seed. We're the seven seed. Play Toronto. Karis Levert's been been excellent the last couple of weeks. He's really developed into a, into having the season we thought he would have. He had the fifty point game versus the Celtics just moments before the Lakers. Let's see if this team can get into the seventh spot and then play Toronto. And I don't think they're going to win, but you know what? They're going to battle. They're going to be a pain in the ass, and then we can build for the next season. But you're right. When Kyrie went down, uh, Kevin Durant just it, it it wasn't a thought anymore. It was. All right, this season is what it is. We'll get Kevin next year. All right, now here's the other question before we get to what they should do now on July 31st. Did you want Kevin Durant to play in the Olympics? Because that also came out that, yeah, Kevin's not going to play this year, but in the Olympics, he really wants to play to win another gold medal. What did you think of that? Because I was against it. It was gonna, it was just going to scare me thinking, boy, this guy could re-injure himself before he ever plays for the Nets again. I was not exactly in love with the idea of him playing in the Olympics. Yeah, absolutely not. The idea of him going out for Team USA, it would be cool in the moment because they'd be talking about him. They'd be like, oh, there's Kevin Durant on the Nets. This is awesome. But then the second he goes up for a rebound and comes down funky uh, in a game versus another country, and you're saying to yourself, that's that's it? It's over. There's 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 no reward for it. It was just, even if Team USA... I mean, the truth is, and, I, and I'll be honest here, I'd rather Team USA win the silver, win the bronze, and Kevin Durant's healthy, as opposed to Team USA goes out and wins the gold, scores, you know, the, he's great in all of the games, scores 45 points a game, and then injures himself in the finals, and it's like, okay, great. Now Kevin Durant's done. So I don't even know how that's even a possibility. I guess I hear the landscape of people saying... Oh, I understand you getting him some some minutes on the court, making him feel better. Yes, but that was the argument. That's the right, argument. But right. I mean, come on, like the guy gets hurt, you're you're, you're done. The, the franchise is I, over. It would be, yeah, it would be so difficult to watch. Oh, God. It would just be 
nerve wracking. Mm. But the reason I brought up the Olympic question is I think that's a big part, not all of it, because I think these rumors would have been here anyway, but that's a big part of why a lot of Net fans are looking at Mm -hmm. July 31st and saying, well, damn right, Kevin Durant should play. There was a thought he was going to play in the Olympics. This is right around the time when the Olympics were going to take place. So two questions. Number one, is he going to play? And number two, do you want him to play? Number one, um, I do not think he's going to play. I was on team. He is going to play. But the more I thought about it with Kyrie out, I don't think he's going to be there. Um, well, we don't even know if Kyrie's but out, I mean, with That's his, the other thing. We don't know. But with his shoulder injury, it sounded like he wasn't coming back till mid-August, September, which I guess would be in the middle of, I don't know where the hell that would put the Nets but in the timeline. They, but, 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 but did they ever say that? Nothing official. I mean, because he was out for the year, they never really gave a firm timetable on when he was coming yeah, back. No. And, you know, Kyrie Instagrams a picture of his sneakers, which makes you think he's working out, but it could also mean he's selling a new line of sneakers. Who the hell knows? But we don't know. Kyrie Irving could very well be healthy. Uh, you're right. The Nets are very secretive. We don't know what's actually really going on with him. I mean, if 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 he's healthy, I think Kevin Durant should be there. If he's not healthy, I like the idea of giving him minutes. I like the idea of him getting out on the court, and I think they could obviously win. If he's Kevin Durant, and they could win a round or two, and I really mean that because every other team's now lost all their chemistry, lost all their mojo. It's all gone. Everybody's kind of back to square one, back to ground zero. It's evened out a little bit, which is wild. But yeah. If there's no Kyrie there, I don't think Kevin wants to be involved in this. I, I, I really don't. Well, I, I look, I, I guess I would have to wait to hear the why because I, I'm kind of with you. I don't expect it. I, I don't expect Kevin Durant to play, but it goes back to the question of, well, why? Why wouldn't he play? What would the reason mm. be given for him not to play? The timetable on him to recover from this injury is now going to well exceed other guys who've suffered the same Achilles injury. I mean, it will be, I think it's 408 days or 410 days, something like that, between the injury against Toronto and potentially coming back on July 31st. So the injury, the idea of rushing him, which was always the reason of, you don't want Kevin Durant back for the playoffs this year because you're rushing him, quote unquote, rushing him. That's out the window. You're not rushing him. What are you rushing him back from? It's over 400 days. Do you? So if it's not that, what would be the reason? Do you think there's any rationale in his head, in his team's head, in the, the team Kevin Durant, that him coming back this year with this team just doesn't feel right and they want to start from square one back at, at, at when when the season starts next year and they put together probably the roster well, that he wants? Do you think it, that there's anything to that with him? Here's the thing. Okay, there's a difference between what they're thinking, and by they, I mean Durant, Sean Marks, Rich Kleinman, whoever, the the performance team, whoever the they is in making the decision if Kevin plays. I'm merely asking a question, which that answer you gave, I'm not ripping you for it, is not a good enough answer. Like that, a, A good enough answer for Durant not to play can't be, Nah, not with this team. There's going to be a new coach next year. The roster is going to change. Why waste our time? That's the exact reason, the opposite reason, on why I do want to see him play. We have never seen Kevin Durant play with this core of roster. And yet, the Nets are going to go into the offseason whenever it starts. And we're going to be talking about, should you trade Spencer Dinwiddie and Kyrus LeVert and Jared Allen for Bradley Beal or whomever, Mm -hmm. whatever guy you want to come up with, whatever kind of package deal you want to make. And you're trying to make that decision 
without ever seeing Durant play with this roster. It's the same as last year when they signed him. We haven't seen him play. So why wouldn't you use eight regular season games at the bare minimum, and it'll be more because they should be in the playoffs, you know, based on the way the format's going to be, and they shouldn't even have to deal with a one-game play-in game. They could, they may, but they shouldn't. Looking at the schedule the Wizards are going to have to face, why wouldn't you want eight games plus the four games of a postseason? That's 12 games. You wouldn't yeah. want to see, and I'm not saying playing 45 minutes. I'm not saying playing 40 minutes. You wouldn't want to see Kevin Durant with that roster because maybe it'll help Sean Marks make some judgments on what to do during the offseason. I'll tell you, they're probably so confused right now about what to do because when they had their whole plan with Kevin Durant, Nets, not even say Nets, let's say Kevin Durant and what he wanted to do. This was never an option. Okay, what's going to happen is we're going to play whatever it is, 50-something games. The league's going to be shut down for four months, and then you're going to be smack dad put into a point where we are in no man's land with the NBA season. We're coming back because of a, vi- a virus and a pandemic. We're going to be playing in Orlando. You're going to be joining a Nets team that's sub-500, and your teammate, the other guy that you love, is is out, maybe not being able to play, but you're going to be healthy. It's such a predicament that they never even thought of or came up with. They So I, I I don't think they know the answer. Obviously, they've got to figure it out quick because it's going to be coming the next month. But I just well, don't think they were prepared for anything like this. L- 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 nobody was prepared for this. Nobody ever thought something like this could happen. You know, when we're doing a Brooklyn Nets preview <laughs> podcast, yeah. we're not thinking about the global pandemic yeah. that's going to shut Crazy. the sport down. For four months. Nobody's thinking about that. But, you know, Ian Eagle made a comment in which he said, let's see what the format looks like. Let's see if the format makes sense for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to come back and play in. And when I heard the format, when I heard eight regular season games, the play in situation, play in possibility, and then best of seven. I looked at that format and said, oh, my God, of course I would play the guy because I understood If you're going right to the playoffs and you're going to play like two scrimmages or whatever Mm -hmm. and then go right to the postseason, I understand that it's not necessarily fair to tell a guy coming off an Achilles injury, even if it's been 410 days, okay, you're about to go from zero to 180. You're going to go from not having played a game in a year and you're going right to the playoffs. And as much as you tell a guy, don't play with that playoff intensity because you can re-injure yourself, you haven't even played in a regular season game. There's no way to necessarily control that. The fact that you are right now sitting here in early June, you know this format isn't starting for almost two months. You now can send guys back to the practice facility, and who knows when you're going to be able to have you know regular five-on-fives, but probably soon. And then you're going to go to Orlando, and then you're going to work out there for a few weeks, and then you're going to play eight regular season. Eight is a lot. I know. I mean, eight's a lot. It's not two. Eight regular season games. I think the format makes perfect sense. And the thing, I I shouldn't be bothered, I'm not really bothered by anything because nothing's happened. And even if Durant doesn't play, I'm not going to be bothered until I hear the answer. If there's an answer I'm not thinking of, or you're not thinking of, and I say, oh, gee, you know what? That makes sense. That's some good forward thinking. I reserve the right to change my mind. But in this moment, 
what would be a good reason after the way I just laid that out for him not to play? No, they're going to have a spin if he doesn't play about timing and feeling comfortable and making sure everything is right. And this is a serious injury. This is something you don't want to attempt fate with. We have to make sure that we're doing everything the proper way and precautions. But the truth is, if he doesn't play at this point in August, it's because Kyrie Irving isn't healthy. That's factor number one. We don't know what the deal is with Kyrie, but let's say Kyrie's not healthy and Durant doesn't want to join a squad where he thinks he can't win a championship with this team. Why put myself in a vulnerable position where then I'm losing my chance at next year and the year after where I really think I'm going to go out and win a title? And he's put his foot in the sand, a line in the sand, and said, I'm just not going to tempt fate this year. This is a weird spot. We're in Orlando. This is all strange. There's no real home court. We're not going on the road. This is not the NBA that I'm used to, that I've played in all these years. I'm not going to put myself in this vulnerable position for this. I'm going to wait till but next why year. Is he, I, I just, why is he vulnerable? Vulnerable position of, but I'm just telling you what the, what the spin what? will be. Vulnerable of losing? Yeah. I think they're going to uh, wait listen, until the bull. I, I mean, if Ky- I, I, Evan, I think Kyrie not being there is a big deal. It's a big deal. Well, but, but wait a second. I'm, I don't know how you feel about this. Now, I may be giving a strong opinion that, hey, if Durant's healthy, and I think he is, I just don't see a good reason for him not to play. I'm not saying, boy, they better win in the first round, and if they don't, what, what a disaster Kevin Durant is. I, I'm not really going to raise the bar maybe as high as some others would because I get these guys haven't played together and I get that hey if Kyrie Irving isn't there it's not you know the full squad that he Mm -hmm. expected when he signed here so I don't think this is even going to be a pressure pack year for him I think it would be more about getting out there and playing and playing potentially 12 games eight in the regular season four in the playoffs maybe more but I don't know if your bar changes to this degree, but if they got knocked out in the first round by the Raptors or they drop back to eight and they lost to the Bucks, I'll say, okay, a little disappointment, but let's let's move on. This is about next year now. I, I would not look at it as this colossal disaster. I think in his head, he thought it was all about next season anyway, and this was laid on them in this bizarre, weird circumstance where now there is an opportunity for him to play, and I don't think it was ever really a possibility where he was going to play this season. He wanted to make sure that the roster was fit for him, everything was right, and that when he does make his return, all the pieces are in place the proper way for him. I hope I'm wrong. I I hope you're right and he's out there and he's healthy. Let's go. Let's go with this roster. I just have this gut feeling that he wants everything perfect for when he makes his return, that they're going out and winning a title. I don't have the feeling that he wants to go out and understand that his team isn't good enough and will lose in the first or second round. Not this extreme, but we saw it with the Lakers last year where LeBron James just shut it down. Now, I granted he was hurt, but I just think he knew there's no chance I'm winning a title this year. Why am I going to mess with it? I hope I'm wrong, and I hope Kevin Durant proves me to be incorrect, where he's like, you know what? I want to go out and ball with these guys. I want to play with Karras. I want to play with Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, Torian Prince, et cetera, Joe Harris. I want to go out with this team. I want to be with these guys. I'm going to build chemistry and get better for next season, and maybe it means we're losing five in the first round of the Bucks. whatever. I hope that's the case, and I hope you're right, but I just feel from the whole brand, the whole standpoint of Durant and his return, to me it feels like it's going to be next year, and they're not going to F with this season. You know, I Kevin Durant may never give a firm answer on why he doesn't play, assuming he doesn't play. If he plays, then, you know, trying to figure out why he doesn't play is irrelevant. But I think Kevin Durant loves the game of basketball, and I think he wants to win. And I think he is curious, I'm guessing, hey, how is all of this going to fit? 
You know, even though Kyrie Irving was the one who verbally said we need to move pieces around, essentially, I'm sure Kevin Durant has his thoughts on what this roster should look like. Mm -hmm. But I'm also sure that he's probably curious about playing with these guys before the roster is altered in a major way. And so even if it's not winning an NBA title, I do think that's an element of this that's important because every time we talk about this, whether it's on the fan and a caller brings up, would you trade blah, blah, blah for Bradley Beal? Would you trade for this guy? What's very frustrating about these discussions is we're basing it on what? We have never seen this core play together. Since the day they had the, quote, clean sweep, we've thought about it, we've talked about it. It's almost a year ago. I mean, seriously, think about that. It is almost a year ago when we all got so ecstatic that they signed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Mm. We saw Kyrie Irving basically play a handful of games. We have never seen Durant play. We've never seen the roster. And so trying to construct what to do with Karis LeVert and should you trade Dinwiddie is this fruitless exercise. It's it's an exercise we could have done on July 5th last year. And so I would think Durant shares a little bit of that to see Hey, even if it's only over eight games, how does this fit together? I don't honestly. I don't think he. I don't think he needs that time frame in his head to go out there on the court and know what he sees in guys. I think he's probably watched them all season and has already made his decision. I don't think he. <laughs> I think he knows. He knows if if Jared Allen's here for the long haul. He knows if the team should make a move. And let's be honest, they're going to listen to him. He's the pseudo GM coach or whoever they want him to hire the coach. Kevin Durant's going to have a big say in that. Honestly, Evan, I think he already knows what he thinks about guys. I think he knows, all right, I think I can trust Joe Harris. I think Spencer Dinwiddie and I can work. I love Karis LeVert. I don't know if Torian Prince is the guy. I think he's already made his decisions, and him going out on the court, I don't even think it matters to him. Okay. Uh, What do you make, and a great job by Alex Sturm on Twitter for translating, Mm. TLC uh, did an interview in French, obviously, and the translation says, TLC said, Durant has been healthy for five months, <laughs> participates fully in practices, goes hard, is a pain in the butt to play against. And he says that he doesn't think Durant will play, but that he wants to. And so I get it. We're translating this from French. It's also uh, <laughs> Timothy Loabal Cabarro speaking. But that last sentence, the first part is great. He's been healthy for five mm-hmm. months. He's practicing, all that stuff. He thinks Durant wants to play but won't. What does that he, if he wants to play, what would keep him from playing? Would it be Sean Marks? Does Sean Marks no. have a reason for not wanting Kevin to play? <laughs> I think that it's almost like he has it backwards. It, it's like he he definitely wants to play. He definitely wants to be out there, but he won't because he knows he can't win a title and he's going to save his bullets. He, he knows he's getting older. He knows he's coming off a serious injury and he knows that he has to spare his time wisely and use it when it's out there to win a championship. And I bring it back to the fact that if Kyrie Irving's not there, he doesn't have all this Are time. You just, can, can I ask you something? Yeah. Are you believing what you're saying or are you just kind of saying? No, I believe it. I, I don't think... <laughs> I think okay. Kevin Durant looks at this roster, looks at this circumstance that we're in, and says, this is not my time to come in here. This is bizarre. I'm going to wait till we start the regular season, and it's going to feel right. I don't think, because this is this is Kevin Durant, and I think because 
I think because he's sensitive to this stuff. Let's say, for example, Evan Kevin Durant comes back and he leads the Nets to a win. They're gonna say, "Oh, to to what?" Let's say even they won a championship. Oh, this season has an asterisk. You didn't play the whole year. You got lucky and came back at the right time. You think he's worried about that? I think that shit matters. Sorry, I think that stuff matters to him. Yeah. I do. I think he's nuts. Well, I, I, I think there's something about this season, and th- and I think that's probably where my point is going with all this. I'm drawing this. There's going to be people that call this season an asterisk. I don't agree with it, but I, I think it almost should be the opposite because of where everything started and where we are now. But this is this season, when we look back at history, is definitely going to be one. Remember that season back in 2020 well, when blah, you know blah, blah, blah think, happened? I, I think that I, matters to him. But You know what I, I hate to say about this? Because And I've said this on the air before, and it sucks that people think this way. I think people are going to form their opinion based on who wins. Mm. I think that those that are in the industry of destroying LeBron James and not liking LeBron James or not thinking he's great or whatever the hell they come up with, if the Lakers win the NBA title, that is one done count. <laughs> I know. I think if the Bucks win a title, who most people like, I, I think that in general... No one really has an issue with Giannis. I think you look at the Milwaukee Bucks and say, that'd be great. Let them win an NBA title. I think it would be, oh, it was legitimate. LeBron failed again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would probably come back to LeBron. And yeah, the Bucks won the NBA title. I think a lot of this is so agenda-driven on if it's legitimate or not. And I think what people should do now in this moment, and maybe not today, but July 30th, right before we start this thing and hopefully finish it, is make your opinions known. To me, it's legitimate. It's different, like you said. It's very different. It's weird. It's going to take a lot of getting used to. But of course, it's legitimate. And on a lot of levels, Biseglia, you're right. Winning a championship in an environment like this is going to probably be tougher in a lot of ways. So whether it's the Bucks or it's the Lakers or it's us, you know, maybe we're, we're the ones celebrating. Hell freaking yeah, it's a legitimate NBA championship. Anybody who says otherwise, they better be saying it right now. They better not wait until they see who wins. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think this is a big deal that you're able to do a uh, three quarters of a season or two thirds of a season or whatever it was, stop for three or four months, then even more, five months, then go back on the court, go to a different area. Go and even like let's say the Lakers can do this thing and win the title. Now they don't even have the home court, so everything they worked on all season is gone their home court is is not there they're on a neutral site with no fans so basically it's everything you worked for all season is disappeared if lebron for example is able to rally those troops and get them to win a title with everything that happened to me i'm like this is an incredible title and i'm not we don't have to go down this direction but if this was the jordan and the bulls and put them in this scenario Oh, my God. You see what Michael did? They had a five-month layoff, <laughs> and Michael was able to get this team to rally. He made them better players. He made them all better. These guys, if they right. didn't have Mike, But with LeBron, it's, oh, it's an asterisk. You know, he didn't. He had the time off. This one doesn't count as much. It's a little different. I, I, I'm a firm believer. If you can win a title in this mess, you know, and if everything that these teams went through, I, I'm, I'm all for it. And I think... I personally think there's going to be a lot of chaos once we get to the playoffs because, like, for example, a team like the Raptors who thrive off that incredible home court, they're going to be coming off a huge layoff and not have home court. So to me, like, a team like Toronto evens out. And that's why I'm, like, so curious to see, like, what are the Sixers? What are the Celtics? What are these teams? Uh, But but only time will tell. What I think is going to help 
the chaos not be maybe what it could have been are those eight regular season games. I really do. I I think it is one of the best decisions the NBA made because they're giving every team an opportunity to get there, take a deep breath, and play a lot of basketball. I mean, eight games, like I mentioned, is a lot of games. And I think that the rustiness, the lack of chemistry that may have been a big problem in a seven-game series right out of the gate, I think it's eased a little bit. You're right about home court. It doesn't mean anything. And, you know, the dopey ideas of let's somehow try to find a way to give the home team an advantage (laughs) by giving them the choice of the Disney hotel (laughs) they stay in, which is crazy to me. I mean... You could try anything you want. I would not. I would not have those hokey ideas. I would embrace the fact it's a neutral environment. You want to change the court and put a logo on. That's one thing. Who cares? But, you know, hokey ideas like we're going to give a team, the home team, one guy that could commit seven fouls instead of six is, what are we doing? But I, I do think the hokiness that you predict may, there may be less of it because of the fact that teams are going to get a chance to kind of get their sea legs, if you will, with those eight games. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, especially in the Western Conference where you've got a lot of really good teams, one through eight, and teams like the Jazz and Rockets and Nuggets that need to sort themselves out. I like the idea, though, you know, the NBA could really go in a wacky direction. It's like, all right, the team that gets home court, the team, they get king size beds. But the team on the road, they have to sleep in double sides beds. They don't get soap when they shower. So as an advantage, they're not allowed to be as clean. Like, And they just could come up with all these wacky, bizarre scenarios for the NBA. But there's no way to do that. How do you – what I want to know is if they have the court, like how could they change them that quick? Like how is that even possible? Yeah, I don't know if they could actually pull that one off. That's that's a tricky one. <laughs> like how do they get the and floor it's off? Funny. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, we mentioned is that they're going to have these eight regular season games. And, you know, I kind of figured, ah, they'll just kind of make up a new schedule. But what appears to be their plan, and and the more I think about it, I think it's a really good idea, is you're going to play your remaining schedule. And if somebody on your schedule isn't invited, you know, let's say you're playing the Knicks. I had to use them as an example. The Nets are not, by the way. But if a team was Mm -hmm. playing the Knicks, you just skip to the next. So there's already a power rankings that have come out on strength (laughs) of schedule. And the Brooklyn Nets have, of the 22 teams there, the fifth weakest remaining schedule. Mm -hmm. So there's your positive. The toughest remaining schedule is the Toronto Raptors. Mm -hmm. Again, not that big of a deal. Because, you know, if you're not battling for a playoff spot, the seeds matter so much less than ever because of the point that you made that there's no home court. So, I mean, yeah, you're battling for maybe who you play against if you're picking it, which we remember the Nets did once when they were basically taking on purpose so they could avoid the Chicago Bulls. Uh, And and it worked because they played the Raptors and beat them in seven. But the Wizards, that the Eastern Conference team that shouldn't even be there – Basically, they've got the second toughest strength of schedule. Mm. The win percentage of their opponents is 633. <laughs> so the idea that they're, I don't even know if there's going to be a play-in game because you've got to be within four to force a play-in game. They have five and a half games out, and the Nets and the Magic, the two teams they're trying to track down, both have very weak schedules based on strength of schedule, if you think that matters. And for the key for the Nets, though, is you know avoiding that eight seed to avoid the the rested Milwaukee Bucks so at least you can play Toronto yes. and pretend that your team has a chance. I'm going with the, with the idea that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are not there, but just to avoid that eight seed and not see Milwaukee. But, you know, broader picture than that, it's just going to be nice to watch 
these games and just be like, I'm watching an NBA game, watching the Nets, watching Karis LeVert, walking, watching Jacques Vaughn, um, you know, try to secure the head coaching job for the team and just seeing what the hell this team looks like after after so long ago. It feels like a million years. And I would remember it vividly because I was coming home on the train from working at CBS Sports Radio, and I had the Nets on my phone, and I'm watching Nets-Lakers, watching it on my phone, watching the game, the first half at least, wondering what happened to the broadcast team, where did Ryan Rucco go, like that, like this <laughs> was my right. big concern right. with the Nets, and now, like, I'm thinking back, oh my god, that was the last time the Nets played, now we're gonna see this team again, I saw this picture of Karis LeVert, that he looked like he put on a couple pounds of muscle, so I'm taking old pictures of Karis LeVert, and looking at this one, I'm like, I guess his arms look a little more defined, yeah, he's gonna be really good, so it's like, let's finally see this on the court, see what happens, and even if they get swept and they terrible and they suck, at least you can feel an emotion. You know what I mean? Like it's a yes. it's a it's an emotion of the Nets being bad, but at least it's an emotion that's not the emotions we've been talking about. It, it is going to be on so many levels bizarre that in the middle of August the Brooklyn Nets yeah, are playing games that matter. I know. I mean that's. You know, even if it's yeah. only one round, at minimum, you know, assuming they don't lose in some kind of playing game, you're talking about 12 games. I mean, that's a that's a lot. I mean, you're going to get almost a month potentially of Brooklyn Net basketball through August, which is just I know. But, but here's the ultimate question, and I brought this up a while ago, as unrealistic as it may be for our situation. Okay, and that is, what if they did go on a run? You know, what if the the craziness that you say, hey, it's going to happen in the NBA, in the NBA playoffs, there's no home court advantage, it's going to be kooky. Even without Durant, what if they went on a run? Or with Durant, they go on a run. Is it going to be the same? Is it going to be, and look, as Net fans, we've had runs, okay? We went to -to back-to-back NBA finals in 2003. They were close. 2-2, game five in their own building. We all know the deal blew a huge lead in game six. So we've been relatively close to winning an NBA championship. We've been a fan of team of a team that's been relatively good, even though it was a long time ago. Would it be the same? It, it would not be the same, but it doesn't mean it wouldn't be better, wouldn't be great or better. And what I mean by that is when you go through a regular season, the ups and downs, like I'll use the Washington Nationals from last year as an example. They were bad when the season started. They weren't a good baseball team. But what made them so exciting, for Nats fans at least, was that you could see the development and growth throughout the year. That They peaked at the right time. They got into the playoffs. The rest is history. They won the World Series. And they're your, they are your World Series champions. You're not going to get that with whoever is... If, if the Nets, for example, were to go on a run and win this, it would be something you've never seen before. And would it be the same as, okay, the Nets made a run this year, Durant played, they won the title. Or, for example, next year, Durant comes, Kyrie comes, here come the Nets, they win a title, it's amazing, we're going to love it. This is going to be something you've never seen before, we've never felt before. Now, will it be the same? No. But I'm telling you, it'll be equally as great. It might be even better because it's going to be, if they were to do it, two months of the best sports magic you've ever had in your life. Because you're going to go from not thinking you could win a title to in the moment feeling the wins, feeling the energy, feeling everything that's been going on in our country, everything that's happened over the last three months. If they won a title right now, it wouldn't be the same. But I'll tell you, man, it would be amazing and maybe even better. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we have no frame of reference, so it's exactly. tough to say it'll be better. I think they, we, never, <laughs> we don't know what this is, but all of a sudden you're watching on an August night and Joe Harris just hit another three to put the Celtics away. You are going to be through the moon. You're, you're going to be losing your mind. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that missing them for so long, and, and their season ended in such a weird way. I mean, you're right. I think that game against the Lakers is actually going to live in that history. It's going to be one of the more memorable regular season games. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a great game, don't get me wrong, especially when Anthony Davis is wide oh. open and Kevin Durant is trying to oh my God. distract him a little bit. But it's going to become even more famous because of the fact that we didn't know the NBA was going to be shut down. And so yep. that'll be a memorable kind of game. But hey, one quick thing is it was popping into my mind about this season and if we complete this season and how it's going to be viewed. I know 1999 is so different. You know, having an NBA lockout, having a regular season shortened is different. But the only time you ever hear about the lockout is about the Knicks, and and not in a negative way. I'm not taking a shot at the Knicks. The fact that an eighth seed got to the NBA Finals is always couched by, yeah, but it wasn't really an eighth seed. But no one questions the Knicks getting to the NBA Finals. No one says they didn't deserve to be there. No one says the Spurs shouldn't have won an NBA title. Just simply, yeah, the eighth seed kind of ignore it. That could be similar, where I think looking at records and looking at seeds, like if the Nets got Durant and Kyrie Irving back, and then they went out and won an NBA title or got to the NBA Finals, I don't think a big deal would be made of the fact that they were 30 and 34 or, you know, whatever their record ends up finishing at. So I think seeds and records would be the things that are always talked about. But I think hopefully, you know, barring the agenda driven, I don't like LeBron if he happens to win idea. I would hope it's just looked at the way 1999 is looked at. It was different. You know, yeah, an eighth seed. It wasn't really an eighth seed, but the Spurs are legitimate NBA champions and no one questions it to this day. I completely agree, and I think when we look back at history and we look back at the 2019-2020 NBA season and we look back at everything that had happened and why the league went on pause and why then it ultimately got restarted, I think there will be a shining light on this year, not to sound super cliche, but I think that we're going to look back at this year and be like, wow, that was incredible. And wow, do you remember those playoff games with no fans there? Do you remember Do you remember those? Do you remember that game where Kevin Durant scored 51 versus the Sixers and Embiid was crying on the side because of how great the Nets were? <laughs> we'll be looking back at that and thinking how incredible that is. And and I, I, I think it's going to be weird at first. People are be like, where are the fans? This is strange. But quickly, and I, you, you made a good point before, those eight games will be a nice buffer that we can then kind of glide into the playoffs and we're all used to what we've seen and not just this big jolt right away where it's like, all right, we're back. And all of a sudden the Lakers are down 2-0 in the playoffs. What the hell just happened? So who makes the announcement that Durant is coming back and or not coming back? Is it Woj? Coming back, it's on the boardroom on his site. Not coming back, I'm going with a Woj type. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think it's going to be, man, that's, I know it's a good question that I asked <laughs> to you and I didn't really think about it myself. Oh, well, that's a good question. I asked it myself. <laughs> I think it's going to be Woj either way. Okay. You know, I, I get the idea of Kevin Durant, you know, making the announcement himself. Yeah. But think about it. At the end of the day, who broke Durant coming to Brooklyn? Yeah, that's right. It was Woj. 
Because even though Durant set up the whole, hey, it's going to be announced tonight on the boardroom at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock, whatever time it was supposed to be, Woj came out with where before Durant did. When Durant made that announcement on the boardroom, we already knew he was coming to Brooklyn. Well, let me, so he wasn't able to pull it off the way LeBron well, did. Well, let me ask you this, and I think you may have convinced me on that. What would be more exciting? And I guess maybe you won't be able to answer this until it, if it happened. Durant, when you found out he was coming to the Nets, or if Durant says, I'm ready to roll, I'm, start, I'm, I'm back with the Nets right now when the season re- resumes? Probably Durant signing to begin with, because... I, I think that it was not something I ever believed would happen. And it was something I had to talk myself into because when he first had the Achilles injury, I made it clear to you it was it was a scary proposition bringing him in. But eventually, as the days went by and we got closer to D-Day, I was all in. You know what? Yeah. Blanket, sign the guy, let's go. And I still never thought it was going to happen. There was always that fear that it would just backfire in their face and he'd end up with the Knicks and then come back healthy a year from uh-huh. now. He's going to play for the Nets, you know, and I, and I think that's the reality. It's now just a matter of, well, when is he going to play for the Nets? Is it going to be in this weird Orlando tournament, or is it going to be at Barkley Center in front of 25% because that's all that's allowed in at that time? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what the crowds are going to look like in December or January when they start next year. So I think signing him would be more exciting. But, look, I, I have definitely, and I made my point throughout this podcast, why I'm now – hoping he plays it's different it's a different discussion than what we had in january and february when i would preach patience i think it's out the window now it's healthy or he should be healthy every indication he's healthy let the guy play but we both feel he will not play that's our official prediction in this moment early and if he doesn't you're not gonna like his explanation or his team's explanation whatever it is if he doesn't play it's gonna be a a bunch of bs and you're not gonna like it I think it's very, very likely that's a correct answer. Mm. I can't imagine, and I'm trying to, what explanation could be given to where I say, yeah, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. And and if it made a lot of sense, it would probably be Kevin Durant saying, yeah, I'm not fully healthy. And if he ever said that, we'd be worried that, yeah, he's not fully healthy, and it's July. So... It's a lose-lose when you really think about it. And the Kyrie it. part is still such a mystery, too, because no one knows him and how healthy he is. Yeah. Just no, nobody knows. So one last thing before we finally end this wonderful joint podcast of Mike Delivers and the Evan Roberts podcast. Who will win, or what will the NBA Finals be? You know, will it be what we thought it would be, or is it going to be something crazy? What's the NBA Finals in 2020, in October of 2020? It's hard not to pick what we all thought it would be. It's hard to go against the Bucks. although I have a strange feeling the Sixers are going to get their crap together for this. But it's hard to pick against the Bucks and LeBron right now, and I know that's just an easy opt-out answer, but it's just hard to visualize another team going in there I could maybe, and this is kind of wacky, but I could maybe see in like this kind of quick format, the Rockets getting hot and being really annoying. But other than that, I'm not buying the Clippers. I don't think they, I don't think they've had enough time together as a squad. And I've said before, maybe that's out the window with this, but picking against the Lakers just seems kind of silly. Yeah. I'm still trying to formulate if it, if we should pick something kooky or just go with the chalk. At the beginning of the year, I predicted a Milwaukee-Denver NBA Finals, and I'm going to stick with it. Mm. You know, the Denver Nuggets right now are in that third spot in the Western Conference. So I'm going to just go all in 
on what I said back in October and hope it happens. Think about that. What I said in October, and then it's going to happen in October. Uh, so the NBA season will start and finish crazy in 12 and months. The, it's uh, We're never going to forget this. And then for this, Denver, Denver home games, what they have to do is they have to change the altitude in Orlando. Right. So they make it like that to give the Nuggets <laughs> the sense of a home court. Absolutely. Well, great job, Mike. It's been an honor being on your podcast while also being on my own podcast. Yeah, and there's something I do on my own podcast that I end every guest with. And I didn't do this originally yes. when I had you on. Or maybe I did. I can't remember. You know what? I may have done it, so I'm not even going to do it. Scratch that. Don't even pretend I never even said that. <laughs> Scratch. What was it now? Well, I, I always say, did I ask you this? Maybe. Well, you know what? I'll ask you because I can't remember. Well, I, just ask me. I'll tell you right. if you ask me. If in six months from now, everything is fine with the pandemic, everything is good, we're back to our normal life, you're getting married and you're sending out wedding invitations, do you invite me to your wedding? Yeah. Did I ask you that yeah. before? I can't remember. No, you did not ask me that. And my answer is Sweet. yes. You would get a wedding invite. Nice. All right. Yeah, I asked that to everybody. Does that make you feel good? Yeah, it does make me feel well, good. I ask that to everybody that comes on. And typically, now what is the rate? Are you getting a lot of yeses? I get a lot of yeses, but it's weird when I get yeses from people that should not say yes. So I actually appreciate honest answers when somebody's like, no, I just met you. And we talked about Uber Eats for 20 minutes. What did Blandino say? Did Dean Blandino say yes? Uh, I don't remember what he said, to be honest. How do you not remember because, that? Because, Evan, to be honest, I've interviewed, I'm, I've done 80 of these. I don't remember. Has anyone retor- like kind of took the question and asked it to you? Uh, has anyone? No, nobody's done that. Nobody's well, I'm done... about to. So six months from now, you know, everybody <laughs> thinks fine with the pandemic. Do I get an invitation to your wedding? Uh, I got to talk to my wife about it. No, you could come. You, of course you're coming, Evan. Of course you are. Definitely. I like how you said you could come. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of a You'll be there. You'll be there. Douchey response. Of course you'll like, be there. Yeah, you know. You, want, you can oh, come. Oh, you'll be there. Oh, you'll be there. <laughs> you'll be there. We'll, uh, right, we'll do Nets groomsmen. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you, Mike. That This has been the, uh, the Mike's Delivers podcast and the Evan Roberts podcast. How about you end it? Why don't you end the podcast since I opened it? Go All ahead. All right. This has been the Mike Delivers Evan Roberts podcast. Don't forget. Give a five-star rating. You can do it on Evans, too, if he needs it, but I really appreciate it. Five-star rating if you're listening on Apple. Leave a comment on future episodes. You know the drill. If you leave a comment in the Apple section, I will sing it. This has been a bonus episode of Mike Delivers, crossover with the Evan Roberts podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time for episode 81.